0: To outside the huddle, featuring your host Lamont Williams. This program is a great resource for players making career transitions, as well as a place to discuss this week's top sports stories. Now, here's your host, Lamont Williams.
1: Welcome back to outside the huddle with your host Lamont Williams coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On this great chilly Wednesday night, uh, last Wednesday of November, so I'm excited. To be with you guys tonight as we wrap up my birthday month in November. I'll roll into December this weekend, and I hope everyone's having a great week. I had a great Thanksgiving as well. I know Avar had a good weekend, as well as Thanksgiving, and all the fans and listeners out there, hope you had a great Thanksgiving and working off that calories or those extra calories you pick, picked up from that fried turkey or just turkey in general. But, Anyway, kind to start the show, let's go ahead and kick it off. And like always, I talk a lot of NFL football, especially the teams that I cover and I've been knowing for a long time here. Uh, the Houston Texans are on an eight-game, I say an eight-game winning streak, winning Monday night, a complete football game, in my opinion, over the Tennessee Titans, their divisional rival, the former Houston Oilers, 34-17. Now the Texans has advanced to – 8-3, I said they won. they won eight straight games uh, since going on 3 early in the season, and now they're 4-1 and at home. Uh, Houston Texans did a phenomenal job at, in their hometown. Again, let me backtrack. I'd be remiss not to talk about uh, the sudden death of uh, the Houston Texans owner, Bob McNair, uh, which the Houston Texans and their organization – I uh, celebrated his life and, and did a tribute to him prior to the game on Monday Night Football. A little bit about Bob McNair. Bob McNair is uh, former uh, founder of Houston Texans as well as entrepreneur. He was the main reason, or one of the main reasons, why the Texans or football, the NFL, returned back to Houston uh, back in 2000. Let's say two uh, ish, where the Texans was. Pretty much selected by the NFL, the 32nd franchise, and 2003 was their first season uh, in the organization or in the NFL. Uh, Bob McNair, as well as other investors, but led by Bob McNair, was the key reason why the Texans and why the NFL would turn back to Houston. So fast forward now to 2018, Bob McNair uh, suffered a battle of, of skin cancer as well as of just you know. Up in age. Uh, a lot of times uh, you know, your health fails you. As you get older, he passed away at 81. So want to pay homage and pay respects to Bob McNair, a really good man. Every time I met and interact with him, exchanged words. He was always upbeat. Never uh, one to, uh, how can I say that, uh, shower from the media as well as uh, not express his opinion, as we saw later in his career or later in his tenure as an owner, he stated uh, his opinion about the players uh, protesting and things along those lines. But nevertheless, I, I mean, regardless of, of what happened the last couple of years, uh, with Bob McNair, uh, he was a good man. Uh, a lot of people will cherish him. I, be, I would not be surprised if they, they did not put a statue of him out of, outside of NRG Stadium Uh, due to the fact that what he had brought to the table and how he brought the NFL back to the city of Houston, um, and and the Houston Texans and the fans, especially the family, will definitely miss him. So uh, with that being said, I want to send out to the McNair family as they um, prepare for his memorial service here in the next few days or the next week or two. All right. Now, going back to the Monday night football game, Houston, Texas. Oh, man, it was so exciting. Being there, the fans was lit. Uh, Exciting atmosphere. Again, they paid tribute to Bobby there before the game, before kickoff. Texans got off to, I think, it was an emotional slow start, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, It's been a heavy weekend for them, for the team and the organization. Tennessee did a really good job of getting out to a fast start, putting up 10 quick points against the Texans. Uh, really wasn't concerned. A little worried, and see to see how the Texans were going to bounce back. And they did exactly what they did. They bounced back offensively, starting with their dual threat quarterback in Deshaun Watson. He, you know, finished up the game with 210 yards passing, uh, two throwing touchdowns. Uh, most important part, he had zero interceptions. Always want to highlight that a young man in his second season. Uh, pretty much his first season because he got injured his rookie year, late his rookie year, this time last year. Uh, he was sacked four times, though. But uh, overall, Deshaun Watson did an outstanding job on both sides, uh, throwing the ball and running the football. He rushed for 70 yards and had one rushing uh, touchdown as well. Speaking of rushing, I always talked about this. And A-Rod, you can contest this and you can say man, I always talked about the Texans bringing the balance attack as far as running the football, and that's exactly what they did Monday night on Lamar Miller. Uh, Lamar Miller uh, pretty much is going to be an all-pro, or if he's not a pro bowler this year, I'll be surprised. Uh, He rushed for 162 yards in that one touchdown. He had that long run for 97 yards against the Tennessee Titans. And then that's what the Texans need to continue to have to be successful and continue to have this win streak move along. uh, Going to Cleveland this Sunday at home is – the Lamar Miller attack. I mean, Lamar Miller didn't really have a um, a really good start early this season. Well the, tail, well, the team didn't have a really good start early this season, getting out to a 1-3 start. However, Bill O'Brien, you got to give him credit, found a way as an offensive coordinator and head coach to implement Lamar Miller back into the offense, and it started to show the last three weeks. It started when he went to Miami and played his home team in his home city, uh, the Miami Dolphins. As well as they went to Jacksonville. I, well, I want to say it started when he went to Jacksonville. You can start to see his progression and start to see him starting to get better uh, running the football. And now his confidence is back. And Lamar Miller did a phenomenal job. I mean, he was patient as a runner. Uh, his vision was outstanding. His speed was uh, phenomenal. You can see that losing that weight, coming a little bit lighter, paid off for him uh, offensively. and all, I mean, paid off pay for him. Uh, for the offense and offensively, uh, the offensive line is appreciated too, being able to block and create lanes for them for Lamar Miller to sneak in and explode down the field. Uh, they did a really good job. I was really impressed with the running game throughout the game. Uh, they of the clock, they were able to dictate and maintain that momentum throughout the first half and throughout, and that carried over in the second half for them to get the victory. As far as receiving, uh, Demarius Thomas, his first coming out party for the Texans. Uh, good job there for Bill O'Brien to implement him into the system last week. He had zero catches, uh, so you want to see how Demarius Thomas is going to finally uh, be able to be that impact player that they brought him in, midway trade, I mean that midseason trade from the Denver Broncos. Uh, Bill O'Brien got him off to a fast start. You can definitely see the chemistry now uh, with Demarius Thomas and Deshaun Watson are starting to develop. Uh, he's starting to get more comfortable with the plays. Uh, he's playing a lot faster, uh, especially in the red zone. Uh, they can use that big Frank uh, wide receiver slot because they're going to double-team DeAndre Hopkins on the backside, which will allow the Bears' comments to be open at times in the red zone. Uh, he ended up finishing up with four receptions for 38 yards. The most important, he had two receiving touchdowns, uh, one in the red zone, I know for a fact, because uh in the first half, and he had one in the second half uh, for the Texans. DeAndre uh, Hopkins, he's on pace to get 1,500 receiving yards this year. Didn't have any touchdowns receiving, but he was very impactful and, and really made it more offensively from a receiving standpoint. As you can hear, that's the music, so it's cueing me to tell me it's my first break of the show. When we come back, i go to the opposite side of the field to the defense, Kind of give you my thoughts and opinions on the Houston Texans defense as they won their eighth straight game this past Monday night over the Tennessee Titans, 34 to 17. Next on Outside the Huddle with your host LeMont Williams on Divorce America Sports Network. <laughs>
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? You're outside the huddle with LeMont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to LeMontWilliamsSports at Yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: At the huddle with your host, LeMont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas. On this Wednesday night, November 28th, the last Wednesday of my birthday month. So I'm going to try to finish off this one strong because I really enjoyed the month of November. Had a really good Thanksgiving. And I know my producer, super producer, A-Rod, had one as well. So in the first segment, we talked about the Houston Texans continuing that winning streak at eight games over the Tennessee Titans, winning 34 to seventeen. I pay homage and contribute, I mean, homage and respect to the Texans owner, Bob McNair, that passed away uh, last Friday, uh, 81, and kind of gave you my thoughts and opinions, break down of the offense. Now in this segment, I want to talk more defense for the Houston Texans and why they've been so dominant the last eight weeks uh, defensively. Starting up front, it starts with the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. That's J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt is back. I mean, last year you knew J.J. was out all last year with that injury to his leg. Now he's back. His confidence is back. And you can definitely tell each and every week J.J. is building, excuse me, is continuing to build his his Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame career uh, each and every Sunday or Monday night. J.J. has done a really good job defensively. Uh, you know, just bringing that pressure up front. And you got to give credit as well to his counterpart uh, to Davion Clowney. Davion is playing in his contract year. Uh, he's playing for that check, and you know he's going to go out and ball out so he can get paid uh, going into next season. And right now he's starting to show a lot of good uh, upside of, of why he should be paid. Davion Clowney bringing pressure and bringing having sacks this season. But back to J.J. J.J. did a really good job uh, against the Tennessee Titans. He was able to bring pressure up the front, and even when at times he couldn't get the sack, his teammates were there to be able to clean up uh, for, for the sack due to the pressure of J.J. Watt. Watt finished with a total of nine tackles. Six of those tackles was uh, solo tackles. He had 1.5 sack uh, sacks on Monday night and one tackle for loss. Hit the quarterback a couple of times as well. And that's really hard to do when you're playing against a guy like Marcus Mariota, a uh, dual-threat quarterback that's very elusive and can extend plays with his legs. And like to roll out. JJ did a really good job by being flexible and showed some athleticism by hitting uh, Marcus Mariota uh, throughout the game. Give credit to Christian Covington as well. A uh, young man out of Rice University is a D lineman. was able to have one of his biggest games for as a Houston Texan. Uh, he finished up with two uh, tackles for loss, but he had two point five sacks against the Tennessee Titans. And, that, and, again, it goes credit to gives credit back to J.J. Watt as well as Javion Clowney. So when those guys have been double-teamed and bringing pressure, it leaves somebody on the one-on-one uh, blocking, and that was Christian Coverton on this last game. And he, did, he took advantage of those opportunities and had one of the best games I've ever seen, in my opinion, from the young man out of Rice University. So the Texans' success, especially the last eight games, And the red zone has improved. Uh, They played some really good defense. Uh, Tennessee Titans went forward on 4-for-1 with a handoff to their tight end, which everyone said that was very suspect for the Titans to be able to go to that running play at 4-for-1 with their tight end. But their defense, the Texans' defense, stepped up real big, shutting down their running game in the red zone and forcing a a 4-and-out or a turnover on downs, which gave the ball back to the Texans. And I think that next series was a series where uh, the running back, Lamar Miller, busted for 97 yards for the touchdown. So like all defense, you want to have a good, solid core, um, especially in that three-four front. That's three down linemen, four linebackers. The Texans are doing a really good job. You've got to give credit to their defensive coordinator, assistant head coach, Romeo Cornell. He is coaching those guys up, having them very prepared, uh, especially up front with their D linemen and their linebackers. Speaking of linebackers, uh, Zach Cuttingham, he returned from an injury. He had a knee injury a couple of games ago against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's back. You know, he came out flying around making plays. He had a total of seven tackles. Uh, five of them were solo and had a tackle for loss. So, as you can see, the Texans starting to jail defensively. You knew that up front it would be a very tough team to play this season if those guys can come together as a unit and make plays. And it starts with their true leaders, and that's J.J. Watt, Future Hall of Famer for Houston Texans, as well as a sack leader in the AFC, and uh, as well as uh, Davion Clowney, which allows the linebackers, the four linebackers, including Zach Cunningham, that's coming back from an injury, knee injury, to be able to fly around and make plays and and, and just be dominant defensive players. You just got to give you just got to give credit to the front line up front for them the last couple of weeks, and it started with J.J. Watt on the back end of the defense. You have the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthews. He's playing a one-year deal for the Texans. Big, huge acquisition for the Houston Texans this offseason. from out of Arizona. He's the emotional vocal, vocal leader uh, for that secondary. You have Kareem Jackson. He's their go-to Roman Roman safety that likes to roam around and just come in and make plays. You have uh, guys like the rookie Justin Reed. Man, this guy's well, might be rookie of the year if he continue to play the way he's playing. He had that interception return for a touchdown on the road last week. Then he comes here to the back home and just play solid defense. Uh, guys are really not really trying to throw his way as much because he's starting to show a lot of really good uh, upside for him and potential. Uh, Justin Reed is the rookie cornerback out of Stanford. His brothers, uh, Eric Reed, is, con- is currently playing with the Carolina Panthers. Um I mentioned Kareem Jackson. You got you got to give credit to the veteran as well on the other side. Jonathan Joseph, uh, he brings that leadership and stability on this, on in that cornerback position. So, kind of summing up the Texas defense, man, is playing. They you know they, they call themselves the DWA <laughs> defense with an attitude. They're definitely playing with an attitude right now. A Rod, I'm impressed with them as a former defensive player. It looks exciting. It looks exciting. I mean, I would love to be on that defense. Guys flying around making plays. Hats off to Whitney. Whitney Merciless. Uh, he's not playing a huge season like he anticipated, but he's very solid. I mean, very productive. He's not. Um, he's not getting a lot of credit like he used to in the past, but he's also not underachieving. Uh, I want to say he finished on five tackles, three tackles for uh, solos, and one point five sacks, and he had one tackle for loss. So overall, they're playing really good as a unit. Those guys really believe in each other. And that's the most important part. As a defensive player, former defensive player, if you can't believe in each other and you you know, you got you can't rely on your next the guy next to you to be at the place that he needs to be to make a play, then it all will come down. It all will fall down and would not be you guys will not be in sync and it would show on the field, especially in the NFL. Uh you, you know, and the Texas defense is starting to be dominant, starting to uh, live up to their potential and their hype. And it starts up front. I always say it starts up front. Whoever wins the battle up front, especially on that D-line, will control the game. And the Texans are winning the battle the last eight weeks on the eight-game winning streak up front defensively, uh, especially they dominated the Tennessee Titans that you knew that was coming in to run the football. I want to say, let's go on the opposite side of the field and see the rushing for the Tennessee. Derek Han- Henry, uh, one of the biggest running backs I've ever seen out of Tennessee, Uh, Went to Alabama. He finished up only 30 rushing yards. His longest run, he had 3.8 yards per carry. His longest was eight yards. So that tells you right there. Um, You know, Marcus Mariota, he had 28 as a dual-threat quarterback. And Corey Davis, you know, he had one carry for 39 yards. And and Corey Davis is pretty much the receiver. So, um, you know, Tennessee offensively, wasn't really hitting on all cylinders as far as running the ball. Um, They finished up with 105 yards. So you got to give credit to the defense for the Texans making Tennessee Titans a one-dimensional team and taking advantage of that, um, you know, forcing fumbles. Derrick Henry fumbled once. Uh, Marcus Mariota he fumbled as well. Um, And it just, you you know, it's all credit to the Texans. Their defense is doing a really good job, and I can't give – can't say anything else about, them, about that team and what they're doing right now on a consistent basis for the in front of their fans, in front of them. And they got two more home games. So <laughs> so just imagine how it's going to play out for them in the next two weeks. Uh, I want to jump down and kind of talk about the uh, Houston Texans versus the Cleveland Browns. I normally get my picks predictions late in the game. I'm mean, late in the show. But since we've got a little bit of time here before our next commercial break, I want to kind of get my thoughts real quick. And five I have time for a prediction, i give it. If not, I'll wait to the fourth segment. But Texans, okay, so they eight-game winning streak. They will play the Cleveland Browns, which the new improved Cleveland Browns are on a two-game winning streak as well under their quarterback, rookie quarterback, uh, Baker Mayfield. So the Texans play Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns here in Houston on Sunday. So, you know, Cleveland comes in with a lot of confidence. Uh, the last couple of weeks they fired the head coach uh Hugh Jackson so things are starting to you know have a new identity new understanding of what they want to do and how they want to do it uh Baker Mayfield um, and the Cleveland Browns went on the road went on the road and beat uh the Cincinnati Bengals uh, and that was impressive they beat the Cincinnati Bengals 35 to 20 and, you know, a lot of talk was about Baker Mayfield and his interaction with Hugh Jackson after the game and things like that. And Baker Mayfield is a guy that likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. Everyone knows about this young man and how um, he's a fiery, edgy type of player. Um, you know, so he's going to come in and try to continue his success or to revitalize Cleveland Browns' offense against a real strong and aggressive Texas defense. Um, it would be funny to see how the Texans – uh, be able to take advantage of the young man and then see how, you know, put him in a position that makes him uncomfortable as a rookie quarterback. Uh, the Browns really pretty much has not a really good, to me, don't have a lot of good offensive weapons. Uh, but they, let's get it, let's give credit, I mean, they beat Cincinnati on the road. That's, that was impressive. So uh, Mayfield threw for four touchdowns uh, last week. and You know, they're going to try to come in brand, establish Nick Chubbs as running game to kinda of help help open up their passing game. Uh but it, everything that starts to me starts and ends with the rookie quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Does he come in and, and build his confidence early in the first quarter, first half, uh or does he come in and like a deer in the headlights and uh see a lot of things and and, and the Texans, you know, disguise their their coverage and he forces forces him to throw interceptions. So um It'll be exciting to see because I know Nick Chubb is going to have his hands full against the Texans defense. Uh, let's see who's their leading receiver for the Cleveland Browns right now. And uh, Antonio Callaway, uh, you know, he's going to come in and he's going to be one of the targets. Jarvis um, Landry, you know, he had a huge career for the Miami Dolphins, got traded to the Cleveland Browns. And uh, you know he's familiar with the with the Texas defense, so he might come in and try to establish his will against that secondary uh, against the Texans. So, all in all, do I believe that the Browns will win this game over the Texans? I will say no. Uh, the Texans, unless the Texans just come out and just not, uh, just not represent the way they should, and find a way to get better each and every week and live. If they come out and try to live off last week highlights, then. You get the Browns an opportunity. But then again, any given Sunday, you never know what can take place. On Sunday, uh, football, uh, anything can happen. As we saw, the Browns go on the road and beat the Cincinnati Bengals last week and last Sunday. So I believe the Texans will win. Uh, Lamar Miller uh, will continue to run the football well against the Cleveland Browns. And Deshaun Watson, man, he's – He's playing at an all-time high level right now at the quarterback spot. If he can stay healthy and upright and, uh, and continue to go through his progressions and, and not hold the ball too long, and if he doesn't see anything that he doesn't like, get rid of the football and try to live for another down, uh, the Texans will definitely win this game over the Cleveland Browns uh, on Sunday. So it's going to be an exciting game. will be there as well. My family's going to be there. Uh, one of those games where one game out of the year, I took the kids to the game, and they'll be the one of the game, and I take the kids to see the Texans play the Cleveland Browns. So that's pretty much it. The Browns will travel here to Houston this week, and we'll see how it all plays out with them. And um, I'm excited to see the rookie, Baker Mayfield. I've seen him a couple of times when he came here, when he played with Oklahoma, the Sooners. Came down, and they lost. I want to say that one year they lost the U of H on uh, opening college weekend, I want to say about two, three years ago. They came here, played at NRG, and uh, Baker Mayfield was the starting quarterback. That was when he was getting all the Heisman hype going into the season, and they ended up losing to University of Houston. And the University of Houston, under that time, it was uh, Nick, uh, Coach Herman. Uh, coach Herman now is a coach for the University of Texas. Uh shocked the world and he ended up being a really good team that year, which helped him get the job at University of Texas. So a lot of stuff going on here in the state of Texas. Give credit to the University of Texas Longhorn as they prepare for their, uh, conference uh, championship on Saturday as well. Uh, conference, uh, was it the big 12 championship? So all right, I heard the music. It's time for me to queue it up for a commercial break. And when we come back, We'll go around the NFL, break down a few games. I know I'm going to give my super producer, A-Rod A Rod, opinion on the Seattle upset victory over the Carolina Panthers next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Levi Williams, on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: Get ready for the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Want to get inside of the minds of the players and coaches? We'll talk everything sports, but with a focus on the NFL, NBA, and college football. We'll review and preview the week's big games. We'll talk about the draft choices and free agents, and go inside the teams for news, recruiting, and what's next from the colleges to the pro teams. It's the Get Down with Hurley Brown. Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution, we're on a big-game conquest for moose, grizzlies, whitetails, and more. Tune in as Stan Potts of North American Whitetail and Tim Brent with Jim Shockey's Hunting Adventures talk big-game hunting. Plus, Jake Edson of Bushnell and Steve Nessel from Yamaha will discuss optics and off-roading. Jim and Trav's Big Game Conquest is presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Friday afternoons at 1 Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're outside the huddle with LeMond-Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at 1 888 346 9144. That's 888 346 9144. Or you can drop a line to LemontWilliamsSports at yahoo.com.
1: Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the show, Outside the Huddle. It's your host, Lemont Williams, coming to you live from Houston, Texas on this Wednesday night. November the 28th, the last Wednesday of the, my birthday month is November. Excited. But no more excited than my super producer, A-Rod, as his team, he told me last week, and I can admit when I'm wrong, I made a prediction saying that the Carolina Panthers would beat the Seattle Seahawks. However, A-Rod made a call to Rock, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson said, don't worry about it. I got you. Finishing up with 339 passing yards two throwing touchdowns and no interceptions on the road against the Carolina Panthers, beating the Panthers 30-27. So I'm going to have my super producer, A-Rod, chime in right now. A-Rod, in your opinion, what happened? No, not really what happened. Why was Seattle so successful on the road in getting that victory against the Carolina Panthers?
2: I mean, after last week's upset, they, they had to rethink everything of what they're calling, what they're doing, who's organized on, on defense, offense. It was just it was a lot better team overall. They came together and they knew what they had to get done. It was a it was a tough, it was tough against Carolina Panthers, of course, but you know they got it done. They 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 gave it to them, and here we go.
1: Yeah, what it was a really good team effort. I thought, uh, you know, coach uh, the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks, can think it was, man, Pete Carroll, did a really good job putting the game plan for the Seattle Seahawks on the road against the hostile. In a hostile environment for the Carol- against the Carolina Panthers. Uh didn't get out to a good start offensively, but they start scoring in the second quarter and they didn't stop since. So Russell Wilson, what you think about your quarterback, man? How you know, how would you get, how would you grade his performance against oh, the Carolina Panthers?
2: Phenomenal, like always. I mean, come on, man.
1: There's Danger Wilson here. <laughs>
2: come on. people forget that he could run. People forget that he can yeah. get out of stuff like He's not no regular quarterback, you know, over here. You know, he can do things that most like what other teams want their quarterbacks to do. I mean, he's he's a, mm-hmm. he's definitely up there in a, as one of the top quarterbacks right now in the league.
1: Yeah, and he, a lot of people forget about his early success in the NFL as starting quarterback when they had the Legion of Boom, and, and he was taking Seattle to the championship. They won that Super Bowl in New York. I was actually there. When they beat, I want to say it was the Broncos. They beat in the Super Bowl in New York City. And I, I man, you know what? I'm, I'm always say I'm a Seattle fan as well because I was there in Arizona when they played uh, uh New England. And they lost by that, um, by that one pass at the end where um, uh, we're uh, New England about interception. I think it was Malcolm Butler mm-hmm. intercepted the, uh, on the goal line. Uh, so, I you're talking
2: about the other uh, one.
1: <laughs> so you know Seattle is uh, you know they're starting to come on they come along at six and five, four and three they had a really tough road game uh, road season. Uh, they cr- their wide receivers are starting to play better. Uh, Tyler Lockett he had a good game, 107 yards, one touchdown. David Moore, uh, one you know 103 yards, one touchdown. So receiving, so it seems like uh, Russell Wilson is starting to find some offensive weapons as far as throwing the football and like you said. We all forget about that. He can run, too. I mean, running the football and extending plays with his legs, I think it's more of his experience and his wisdom. And uh, if he can get a, a good, solid running back, uh, I mean, uh, I guess your leading rusher was Chris Carson. Uh, if he can get somebody – I mean, he doesn't have, you know, Marshawn Lynch back there anymore. But if he had a guy that can consistently put up 100 yards per game, man, I, I think you will be right in there. I mean – there's nothing wrong with Russell Westbrook. I mean Russell Westbrook. Not Russell Westbrook. I mean Russell Wilson, excuse Wilson. me. <laughs> At the quarterback I'm thinking about basketball. At the quarterback position. So uh he did a really good job, man. Anyway, on the opposite side, Cam Newton. Uh you know, uh what's what's the deal with Cam? What do you think? What's going on with Cam Newton right now?
2: Uh, I don't know. They they came strong the very first quarter, um, offensively. Um, I think they were they were just they were just too. they were trying to be too urgent. They were just trying to get, like, things going and try to get a head lead on them. But they, they were just. I mean, really, it, it, yeah. it kind of came down to just the mentality. Like, I don't think they were getting in the right mentality as a, as the game started going along.
1: Yeah, it just it seems hit or miss with the Carolina Panthers, and their only go-to weapon offensively outside of Cam Newton is Christian uh, McCaffrey. I mean, he did a really good job running the football. I mean, 17 carries for 125 yards, one rushing touchdown, but. He's their only go-to guy because then you look at the receiving. He had 112 yards receiving for one uh, receiving touchdown. So, I mean, where is all the other helps coming from? I mean, it seems like if, they, if you take him out of the game or you allow him to be the only one weapon, Carolina can still be beat. And that's exactly what teams doing. They said, okay, Christian McCaffrey, we're going to give you we're – we're not going to give you, but we're going to allow you to be successful, but everybody else we're going to shut down. And Cam Newton is one of them guys. I mean, he had one interception as well. He had 256 yards passing. So, I don't know, man. Carolina seems like they're, they're hot and cold. One minute they're very hot, and now they're on a cold spell. They're 5-1 at home. So Yep, I agree, yep. Yeah, yeah. you say it again?
2: I said, yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know what it is, you know. They're hit or miss. Every now and then, you know, yeah. they get it together, and then some days they're just like, what? What's going on here, man?
1: Yeah, speaking of hit or miss, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they missed on the road against the Denver Broncos. Uh, ben Roethlisberger threw for 462 yards, one touchdown, but they had two crucial interceptions against Denver. What's your thoughts on that game on Steelers losing on the road to the Denver Broncos?
2: Honestly, didn't catch that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, though, that I know for sure that with the Broncos, the defense all around, they're ridiculous. Come on now. <laughs> 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 Can't doubt their defense. They got one of the top-notch defense, I would say, right now in the league for sure. Uh, I I think it was just they just weren't ready for it. I mean, they they were they thought the Broncos weren't in the right mindset, but no, they they brought their all and they came to that game. Yeah,
1: yeah, you got to give credit to uh, Case Keenum. I thought he managed the game well for the Broncos. He had a total of uh, what one hundred and seventy-nine, one hundred and eighty-four points or one hundred and eighty-four yards throwing the football, two touchdowns. Um their defense really kept them in the game, though. Uh, Shout-out to Chris Harris, Jr. A good friend of mine had an interception defensively. Uh, Von Miller and those guys brought pressure up front. It seemed like they were flying around and sacking uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think he was sacked. Let's see here. How many times Ben Roethlisberger was sacked? Twice. Uh, so, I, 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 when it comes down to, in my personal opinion, I thought the they got a little greedy. They had that success early on with that pass. To the old lineman in the end zone. I think they got a little cute. They got a little cute in the red zone. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger trying to force the ball in there. Uh, and when, uh, when you try to force anything on the road against a, a very aggressive defensive team, especially their secondary, you're going to get interceptions. Uh, James Connor uh, was missing. I know he dropped a few passes. And he had the one we took his eye off of it from the rushing standpoint. So maybe still is one dimensional. Um, and like you said, they just really they slept on the Broncos. The Broncos came out and, and played a really good game, and their fans was behind them, and it's tough to play the Broncos this time of the year, man, in Denver. It's cold. I don't know if it's chilly here in Texas, in Houston. I can only imagine how it feels in Denver right now. Uh, probably,
2: they're practicing probably, in that.
1: Yeah, man, it's freezing cold out there, man. But, yeah, give credit to the Denver secondary. Uh, you know, they did a really good job, two interceptions. Against Ben Roethlisberger, he threw for 462.
0: Though, Whew.
1: that's a lot of throwing, man. He had uh, uh, 56 attempts. That's a lot of attempts, bro, throwing that football in the cold weather yeah, at Mile High Stadium.
2: Too much throwing over there. The Broncos barely got hit, like, <laughs> 197 uh, 97 yards on it altogether.
1: Yeah. No, we said how many he had altogether.
2: Uh, it was Keenum, huh? Right. We've got the, the yeah. 100, Keenum 197 had 197
1: yards. altogether, but Ben Roethlisberger. Look at the comparison. Kingdom had, he was 15 for 28 for 197. Ben Roethlisberger was 41 for 56 <laughs> for 462. <laughs> Let, <laughs> what are you doing there? Uh, <laughs> just threw the whole game away. Was just Yeah. Had a sore wrist the next day, man. That's crazy. Hey, that Sunday night football game was exciting, too. Uh, the Green Bay Packers versus the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings ended up winning. It looks like it was 24-17. to 17. A-Rod, real quick, I know I've been asking you a lot about these games. Some of you probably haven't had a chance to look at it, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, you know right now they're 0-6 on the road, Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers said they still have, you know, the opportunity to run the table and make the playoffs. Uh, do you believe that And Aaron Rodgers having the ability to take Green Bay and turn things around for them to be able to find a way to sneak into the playoffs this season?
2: They have a slight chance, and it doesn't just take Aaron Rodgers. It takes the whole team to realize that, like, yo, this is where we're at. This is where we need to be, like, looking towards getting, and we all need to come together and, you know, have a better game plan towards the next few games that we go against. I think, really, they can turn it around. Um, Aaron Rodgers, phenomenal quarterback. We all know this. We know he's able to get it done. It's just are the players able to help him get it done? That's the thing. It can't be all just one person, you know. It's got to be a team effort here.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's a great point there, A-Rod. They were relying too much on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders and his arm, and other guys need to step up. Let's see here. Aaron Jones, he was their leading rusher, 72 yards, one touchdown. Then you have guys from a receiving standpoint. I mean, Jimmy Graham, uh, Mercedes Lewis, uh, you know, guys need to step up and really not rely too much on the Packers. I mean, not a lot too much on Aaron Rodgers' shoulders and his drawing arm. It's going to see, it's going to be exciting to see how it comes down for the Packers there, because right now they are own six in a row. They don't have too many home games up. So unless they play all their games at home, they got, to, they got to win something on the road right now. Going to the opposite side of the field, you got the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they're six and four, four and two at home. Uh, Kirk Cousins, he didn't have a bad game at all. No, uh, Finished up with hundred and forty-two uh, passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, you think that was a really good pickup for the Minnesota Vikings, looking at Kirk Cousins right now, late in the season?
2: It was good. I think it was good for for Cousins as well. You know, coming to a better, I don't know, a better approach and a better advantage. I mean, he knows how to get the job done when when it needs to be. Cousins is a great person all around.
1: Yeah, yeah. It seems like Kirk Cousins has uh, found him a new home in Minnesota. Uh, coming from the Redskins, getting a new contract for the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings definitely need that solid quarterback position, play from the quarterback position. Kirk Cousins did his thing against their rival um on on uh, Sunday night. Uh, against the Green Bay Packers getting that victory twenty four to seventeen in front of their home fans. also give credit. Shout out to Randy Moss. He had his ring. uh Hall of Fame ring uh ceremony at halftime. Uh, Moss was a phenomenal player in the NFL, especially for his rookie season and his career with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh so that was a really good chance for him to be able to pay pay tribute to the fans as well as celebrate his continue to have his celebration of his Hall of Hall of Fame inducting induct inductee <laughs> induction from this past uh early this season in Canton, Ohio. The music threw me off a little bit there, but that tells tells me it's time to wrap up this segment as we enter segment number four next. I'm gonna see if I can steal A-Rod time a little bit more and ask him, give me my thoughts, his thoughts and opinions on week week thirteen. Yeah, week thirteen of the NFL games kicking off tomorrow night on Thursday Night Football. Next on Outside the Huddle with your host, Levi Williams on the Voice America Sports Network.
0: Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. Want a piece of today's action? Call into the show right now at one 346 9144 That's 888-346-9144. Or you can drop a line to Sports at Yahoo.com. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Outside the Huddle with your host, Lemont Williams. Coming to you live from Houston, Texas. As We prepare for segment number four, one of my top segments of the show, where I get my picture predictions for the NFL games coming, starting tomorrow night. It's a really good Thursday night football game. We have the New Orleans Saints versus the Dallas Cowboys. So the Saints is red hot right now. The Saints are rolling. As The Saints come marching into Arlington, Texas to play in Jerry's World. They will play... The Dallas Cowboys. Man, Saints are on what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. They're on 11-game winning streak. Wow. All right, so they're 10-1. and rolling to Dallas on Thursday night football. Um, you know, and, and Drew Reese, yeah, here's a guy, you know, Father Time will tell you that he's getting up in age once he's 39 and going into his 40 uh 40 year on this planet and then you have the Dallas Cowboys and their young quarterback and Dak Prescott so uh let me see if A-Rod is still with me you still you still there my super producer A-Rod are you there with me
2: I'm right here you got me
1: all right all right let me get your thoughts on this game you got New Orleans Saints traveling 10 and 1 to Dallas Cowboys who do you think will win this game and why
2: I think the Saints. Honestly, the, the reason I go with the Saints is just because they're on fire. They're leading in, in the NFC South for sure. Uh, Cowboys over here, they're leading in the NFC in the East, but they're not doing as as well. I mean, they've they've had some struggles here and there. They're relying too many too much on many players. Uh, they're not really giving up, letting Zeke run as much. It's just they're, they're kind of all over the place. I mean, mm-hmm. with the with the Saints, you know, they're kind of more consistent. They they, they know what they're doing. They know. Who to give to? Who they trust in themselves, and they know that they can get it done. And I feel like the Saints right now, in the, in the position and what they're doing, I think they they can get get the job done.
1: Yeah, point there I, in the I, things.
2: Yeah, and mostly because I ain't a Cowboys fan.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you don't know, find it's either you have you're a Cowboys fan or you're a Cowboy. Not you're not a Cowboy fan. It's like it's like man, it's crazy how that works here in the state of Texas. But anyway, you made some really good points there, A Rod. Uh, with Drew Brees playing at an all-time high level this season. Uh, breaking records and having the Saints from the uh, was 10 game winning streak right now, uh, 11 game winning streak. If I'm if I'm uh, standing correct, you think he's playing? I know we have Tom Brady up there in the AFC East, but in your opinion, you think Tom, uh, Drew Brees is playing that MVP caliber type season?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, especially with a lot of the records he was breaking early and and continuing on. I mean, he's definitely he's doing a lot more than 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 Ben Rothenberger over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it doesn't hurt to have a guy like Michael Thomas uh you know his big receiver out there as long as he's not pulling out cell phones and getting fines for that but Michael Thomas is his main guy and they got a really good running game too, one two punch in Ingram and 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 uh so you know the Saints I, I'm with you on that one I gotta agree the Saints oh it's gonna be a really good Thursday night football game I got the Saints winning as well over the Dallas Cowboys and Dak Prescott you know, he's on a one man band. If he can get some help from Ezekiel Elliott in their defense and shut down New Orleans, it's gonna be an exciting game. But I, I got the Saints winning that one over the Cowboys as well. Going to Sunday's game on December second. All right, you got the Baltimore Ravens trying to run into Atlanta. Real quick, who do you think will win that game and one?
2: Man, that's a tough one. Considering honestly, I think the I think Ravens will win this one. Uh, the Falcons just they just falling off and now that it's getting towards the end of, of the season, you know, they're just they're kind of in that state of like, well, I don't know if we should put in full effort or if we shouldn't give any effort at all. I don't know. I think, yeah. I think they're slowly checking out, and the Ravens are kind of – we've seen them mm-hmm. get up in, into the, in, in the championship. You know, they, 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 they somehow can sneak around and, and get in. I think I'll go with the Ravens on this one.
1: Yeah, I, I think Lamar, uh, Lamar Jackson, now that he's a second – I mean, he's a quarterback, starting quarterback. Uh, new look offense from the Ravens is going to be too much for the Falcons. Uh, at home I think the Ravens will win that one. Lamar Jackson will get that his second victory in a row. Uh the starting quarterback. Uh Denver, I think they will beat uh Cincinnati Bengals. Um you have the LA, LA Rams. They're going to Detroit. Uh we all I, I'm agreeing to that I, I think the Rams will beat Detroit on the road. What do you think about that?
2: Oh Rams for sure.
1: Okay. All right, your hometown state, or well, your home state team, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, you've been out there in Phoenix, will play the Green Bay Packers on the road. Uh, who do you think will win this game?
2: Oh, man, this is a 50-50 game here. Anything can happen at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, considering what the Pac- the Packers just weren't in it last week, and I, I think they need to get it to be- together. The Cardinals have been struggling. I mean, we, we've been on and off. I mean, I think I – think if I had to choose, though, I, th- I think Cardinals could turn it around if if they're all mm-hmm. staying together as a team. But oh man, it's a 50-50 game. It's a close one. It's, it's definitely going to be a one to watch.
1: Yeah, I'll be surprised <laughs> after the Packers lost to Minnesota over the last Sunday. I'll be very surprised if they lose at home to the Arizona Cardinals. Let's let's be honest. So I'm gonna go with the Packers. Uh, I know you got to support your Arizona Cardinals there in Phoenix, so I'm going to go with the Packers. And like you said, it's 50-50. You never know any given Sunday, but I'll be surprised if, if the Packers uh, lose at home. All right, let's jump down to some games. The boo-boo game was a week. you got the Buffalo Bills versus Miami Dolphins. Uh, you know, Toss-up. I'm going to give it to the Dolphins because they're home. Dolphins. Chicago Bears. And that uh, impressive defense. Looking like the 85 Bears win over the New York Gi uh, New York Giants at home. I got the Bears beating the Giants. I'm pretty sure what you think about that, A. Rod? I got
2: the Bears. I'm with you on that.
1: Okay. Uh Carolina Panthers will go against your A- uh, NFC uh South rivals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think. Carolina will bounce back and beat Tampa Bay And the struggling offense of the Buccaneers. Uh the Coats in Jacksonville. Ooh. I'm gonna get down to the Coats. Andrew Luckin. And that team is looking really good right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jacksonville is struggling. They're struggling hard. All right. Cleveland Browns versus Houston Texans. I gave you my pick earlier. I said the Texans will win this one at home, getting their nice straight win. Who do you think will win this game, A Rod?
2: I got to go for the Texans.
1: Okay. Good job. Good job there. (laughs) All right. New York Jets versus Tennessee Titans. Titans at home will bounce back after losing on the road against against the Houston Texans. Um,. Here's a really good one, A Rod. Afternoon game. Kansas City Chiefs will travel to Oakland. Uh, who do you think will win this game, and why? Uh,
2: man, I'm gonna. I'll give that one to the Chiefs. I think. I think mostly because yeah. Raiders that they're they're checked out for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're they're, they're working on the draft pick right now, so I, I, I'm yeah. with you on that. Kansas City. Uh, I thought I saw something about Eric Berry was back. Uh, practicing this week, so that'll be interesting to see. Eric Berry there, all pro safety, is back, so see if he's going to get into the game and do his thing. We got Minnesota. Go ahead, a I'm sorry. I said
2: that's going to make a big improvement on defense side for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. We got uh, Minnesota traveling to New England. Who do you think we win this game?
2: Patriots. I got Patriots.
1: All right. Uh, so I got the Patriots as well. San Francisco, go to your your favorite team, Seattle Seahawks. Who do you think will win this game? I know it's a stupid question. but Oh,
2: come on, on now. Where. You already know. My Seahawks going to take this W.
1: Yeah, uh, Russell Wilson, man, against the 49ers. 49ers are checked out as well.
2: They're struggling. They're hurting. Uh, they're done.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're past struggling, man. Oh, they're, man. <laughs> they're, they're, they're done, done. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to uh, Seattle Seahawks. Sunday Night Football. Los Angeles Chargers versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you think will win this game and wine?
2: I think Chargers.
1: Wow. Wow, that's a shocker. I really thought Pittsburgh would win this one, in my opinion. Coming out that loss against Denver, uh, playing at home Sunday night, giving them a chance to get a little bit more rest for that Sunday night game. You're going with the Chargers, okay? I'm going to go with the Steelers. I-, I think Steelers will get that one on Sunday night football. Wrapping up Monday night football, a good NFC East battle. The Washington Redskins will take on the Philadelphia Eagles. At home, well, the Redskins will travel to take on the Philadelphia Eagles. In Philly, who do you think will win this game, maybe, Rod why?
2: I got the Eagles. You got the Eagles? Yeah,
1: mostly because. All right, all right. I'm going I'm to go with the skins on this one. Okay. And My gut is telling me for the fact that the Redskins are in a dogfight with the Dallas Cowboys. They're trying to finish up strong and get in that playoff spot in the NFC East. Uh, Eagles, you talk about hit or miss team. That's one is a hit or miss team right now for me. Uh, even though they play in a tough environment in Philly, I'm gonna go with the risk you got the Eagles, right?
2: Yep, I got I got the Eagles.
1: All right then, and no team is on the bye this week. We're in week thirteen. Everyone celebrate their bye week, so it's time to get down to business and wrap up this season for the NFL. Let's see here. What else do we have before we wrap up the show? How much time do we have before we wrap up the show, hey, Aaron? Uh,
2: it's time to close right now.
1: All right. Yeah, you heard the super producer, A Rod, tell me it's time to wrap up the show. I want to thank everyone for listening to the show Outside the Huddle uh, tonight with your host, Lemont Williams. Till we talk next Wednesday, have a blessed week.
0: Thanks for joining Outside the Huddle with Lemont Williams. We're back next week for another live show, Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Central, and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Check back with us on the Voice America Sports Channel.